Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero by Rick Riordan. Chapter 22, Piper. Piper tumbled through the sky. Far below, she saw the city lights glimmering in the early dawn, and several hundred yards away, the body of the bronze dragon spinning out of control, its wings limp, fire flickering in its mouth like a badly wired light bulb. A body shot past her, Leo. Screaming and frantically grabbing at the clouds. Not cool! She tried to call him, but he was already too far below. Somewhere above her, Jason yelled, Piper, level out! Extend your arms and legs! It was hard to, for her to control her fear, but she did what uh, he had said and regained some balance. She fell spread eagle like a skydiver and wind underneath her like a solid block of ice. Then Jason was there, wrapping her arms around, his, around her waist. Thank God, Piper thought, but also part of her thought, great. The second time this week he's hugged me, and both times it's because I'm plummeting to my death. We have to get Leo, she shouted. Their fall slowed as Jason controlled the winds, but they still lurched up and down like the winds didn't want to cooperate. Gonna get through, Jason war. Gonna get rough, Jason warned. Hold on. Piper locked her, her arms around him, and Jason shot towards the ground. Piper probably screamed, but the sound was ripped from her mouth. Her vision blurred, and then, thump, they slammed into another warm body, Leo, still wriggling and cursing. Stop fighting, Jason said. It's me, my dragon, Leo yelled. You gotta save Festus. Jason was already struggling to keep the three of them aloft, and Piper knew there was no way he could help a 50-ton metal dragon. But before she could try to reason with Leo, she heard an explosion below them. A fireball rolled into the sky from above the warehouse complex, and Leo sobbed. Festus! Jason's face reddened with strain as he tried to maintain an air cushion beneath them, but intermediate slows down were the best he could manage. Rather than free-falling, it felt like they were bouncing down a giant staircase a hundred feet at a time, which wasn't doing Piper's stomach any favors. As they wobbled out and zigzagged, Piper could make out details of the factory complex below. Warehouses, smokestacks, barbed wire fences, and parking lots lined with snow-covered vehicles. They were still high enough, so hitting the ground would flatten them into roadkill, or skykill. When Jason groaned, I can't, then they dropped like stones. They hit the roof of the largest warehouse and crashed into darkness. Unfortunately, Piper tried to land on her feet. Her feet didn't like that. Pain flared in her left ankle as she crumpled against the cold metal surface. For a few seconds, she wasn't conscious of anything but pain. Pain so bad her ears rang and her vision went red. Then she heard Jason's voice somewhere below, echoing through the building. Piper! Where's Piper? Ow, bro! Leo groaned. That's my back. I'm not a sofa. Piper, where'd you go? Here, she managed with a whimper. She heard shuffling and grunting, then feet pounding on metal steps. Her vision began to clear. She was on metal catwalk that ringed the warehouse interior. Leo and Jason had landed on ground level and were now coming up the stairs towards her. She looked at her foot, and a wave of nausea swept over her. Her toes weren't supposed to point that way, were they? Oh, God. She forced herself to look away before she threw up, focusing on something else. Anything else. The hole they'd made in the roof was a ragged starburst twenty feet above. How they even survived that drop, she had no idea. Hanging from the ceiling, a few electric bulbs flickering dimly, but they didn't do much to light the enormous space. 
Next to Piper, the corrugated metal wall was emblazoned with a company logo, but it was almost completely spray-painted over with graffiti. Down in the shadowy warehouse, she could make out huge machines, robotic arms, half-finished trucks on an assembly line. The place looked like it had been abandoned for years. Jason and Leo reached her side. Leo started to ask, You okay? Then he saw her foot. Oh no, you're not. Thanks for reassurance, Piper groaned. You'll be fine, Jason said, though Piper could hear the worry in his voice. Leo got any first aid supplies? Yeah, yeah, sure. He dug around in his tool belt and pulled out a wad of gauze and a roll of gauze and a duck and a roll of duct tape. Both which seemed too big for the belt pockets. Piper had noticed the tool belt yesterday morning, but she hadn't thought to ask Leo about it. It didn't look like anything special, just one of those wraparound leather aprons with a bunch of pockets, like a blacksmith or a carpenter might wear. And it seemed to be empty. How did you... Piper tried to sit up and winced. How do you pull that stuff from an empty belt? Magic, Leo said. Haven't figured it out completely, but I can summon just about anything regular tool out of the pockets, plus some other helpful stuff. He reached into a pocket and pulled out a little tin box. Breathman? Jason snatched away the mint. That's great, Leo. Now, can you fix her foot? I'm a mechanic, man. Maybe if she was a car? He snapped his fingers. Wait, what was that godly healing stuff they fed you at camp? Rambo food? Ambrosia, dum- dummy. Piper said through gritted teeth. There should be some in my bag if it's not crushed. Jason carefully pulled her backpack off her shoulders. He rummaged through the supplies the Aphrodite kids had packed for her and found an airtight bag full of smashed pastry squares like lemon bars. He broke off a piece and fed it to her. The taste was nothing like she expected. It reminded her of her dad's black bean soup from when she was a little girl. He used to feed it to her whenever she got sick. The memory relaxed her, though it made her sad. The pain in the ankle subsided. More, she said. Jason frowned. Piper, we shouldn't risk it. They said too much could burn you up. I think you should try to set on your f- set on your foot. Piper's stomach fluttered. Have you ever done that before? Uh, yeah, I think so. Leo found an old piece of wood and broke it in half for a splint. They got a gaze. They got the gauze and duct tape ready. Hold her leg still, Jason told him. Piper, this isn't going. This is going to hurt. When Jason set the foot. Piper flinched so hard she put she punched Leo in the arm and yelled almost as much as she did. As much and he yelled almost as much as she did. When her vision cleared and she could breathe normally again, she found her foot was pointing the right way. Her ankle splinted with plywood gaze and duct tape. Ow, she said. Yeah, beauty queen. Leo rubbed his arm. Glad my face wasn't there. Sorry, she said, and don't call me beauty clean, or I'll punch you again. You both did great. Jason found a canteen in Piper's backpack and gave her some water. After a few minutes, her stomach began to calm down. Once she wasn't screaming in pain, she could hear the wind howling outside. Snowflakes fluttered through the hole in the roof, and after meeting with Keone, snow was the last thing Piper wanted to see. What happened to the dragon? She asked. Where are we? Leo's expression turned swollen. Sullen. I don't know with Festus. He just jerked sideways like he hit an invisible wall and started to fall. Piper remembered Enchiladis' warning. I'll show you how easily your rebellious spirit can be spirit can be brought to Earth. Had he managed to strike them down from so far away? It seemed impossible. If he were that powerful, why wouldn't he let her betray her 
why would he need her to betray her friends when he could just kill them himself? And how could the giant be keeping an eye on her in a snowstorm thousands of miles away? Leo pointed to the logo on the wall. As far as where we are, it was hard to see through the graffiti, but Piper could make out a large uh, red eye with stenciled words. Monocle Motors. Assembly Plant 1. Closed car plant, Leo said. I'm guessing he crash-landed in Detroit. Piper had heard about closed car plants in Detroit, so that made sense. But it seemed like a pretty depressing place to land. How far away is Chicago? Not from Chicago. Jason handed her the canteen. Maybe three-fourths of the way from Quebec? The thing is, uh, without the dragon, we're stuck traveling over land. No way, Leo said. It isn't safe. Piper thought about the way the ground had pulled her at her feet in a dream and what King Boreas had said about the earth yielding up more horrors. Right. He's right. Besides, I don't know if I can walk. And these three people? And three people. Jason, you can't fly that many across the country by yourself. No way, Jason said. Leo, are you sure that dragon didn't melt... Function? I mean, Festus is an old, and I might not have repaired him right. I didn't say that, Jason protested. It's just, maybe you couldn't, could fix it. I don't know. Leo sounded crestfallen. He pulled a screw, a few screws out of his pockets and started fiddling with them. I'd have to find where he landed if he's even in one piece. It was my fault, Piper said without thinking. She just couldn't stand it anymore. The secret about her father was heating up inside her like too much ambrosia. If she kept lying to her friends, she felt like she'd burn to ashes. Piper, Jason said gently, we're asleep when Festus uh, conked. It couldn't have been your fault. Yeah, you're just shaking up, Leo agreed. He didn't even try to make a joke at her expense. You're in pain, just rest. She wanted to tell them everything, but the words stuck in her throat. They were both being so kind to her, yet if Enchiladas was watching somehow, saying the wrong thing could get her father killed. Leo stood. Look, um, Jason, why don't you stay with her, bro? I'll scout around for Festus. I think he fell outside the warehouse somewhere. If I can find him, maybe I can figure out what happened to him and fix him. It's too dangerous, Jason said. You shouldn't go by yourself. I've got duct tape and breath mints. I'll be fine, Leo said. A little too quickly, and Piper realized he was a lot more shaken up than he was letting on. You guys just don't run off without me. Leo reached into his magic tool belt pulled out a flashlight, and headed down the stairs, leaving Paper and Jason alone. Jason gave her a smile, though he looked kind of nervous. It was the exact expression he'd had on his face after he'd kissed her for the first time up in the wilderness school dorm roof. That little cute scar on his lip curving into a crescent. The memory gave her a warm feeling. Then she remembered that kiss had never really happened. "'You look better,' Jason offered." Piper wasn't sure if he meant her foot or the fact that she wasn't magically beautiful anymore. Her jeans were tattered from the fall through the roof. Her boots were splattered with melt melted dirty snow. She didn't know what her face looked like, but probably horrible. Why did it matter? She'd never cared about things like that before. She wondered if her stupid mother, the goddess of love, may messing with her thoughts. If Piper started to get urges to read fashion magazines, she was going to find Aphrodite and smack her. She decided to focus on her ankles instead. As long as she didn't move, the pain wasn't bad. You did a good job, she told Jason. Where do you learn first aid? 
He shrugged. Same answers always. I don't know. But you're starting to have sub-memories, aren't you? Like the prophecy in Latin back at camp or that dream about the wolf? It's fuzzy, he said, like a deja vu. Ever forgotten a word or a name that you know it's on the tip of your tongue, but it isn't? It's like that, only with my whole life. Piper sort of knew what he meant. The last three months, a life she thought she'd had, a relationship with Jason, had turned out to be missed. A boyfriend you never really had, Angelata said. Enceladus. Is that more important than your own father? She could have kept she should have kept her mouth shut, but her voice she voiced the question that had been on her mind since yesterday. That photo in your pocket is that someone from your past? Jason pulled back. I'm sorry, none of your she said, none of my business, forget it. It no, it's okay. His features relaxed. Just I'm trying to figure things out. Her name is Dahlia. She's my sister. I don't remember any details. I'm not even sure how I know, but uh, why are you smiling? Piper tried to kill that smile. Not an old girlfriend. She felt ridiculously happy. Um, it's just... It, that's great. You remembered. Annabeth told me she became a hunter of Artemis, right? Jason nodded. I got the feeling I'm supposed to find her. Hera left me that memory for a reason. It's got something to do with this quest, but I also have the feeling it could be dangerous. I'm not sure I want to find out the truth. Is that crazy? No, Piper said. Not at all. She stared at the logo on the wall. Monocle Motors. The single red eye. Something about that logo bothered her. Maybe it was the idea and Saladis was watching her, holding her father for leverage. She had to save him, but how much she but how could she betray her friends? Jason, she said, speaking the truth, I need to tell you something. Something about my dad. She didn't get the chance. Somewhere below, metal climbed against metal, like a door slamming shut. A sound echoed through the warehouse. Jason stood. He took out his coin and flipped it, snatching his golden sword out the air. He peered over the railing. Leo? No answer. He crouched next to Piper. I don't like this. He could be in trouble, Piper said. Go check. I can't leave you alone. I'll be fine. She felt terrible, but she wasn't about to admit it. She drew her dagger. Dagger. Catropus. Catopatris, and tried to look confident. Anyone gets close, I'll skewer them. Jason hesitated. I'll leave you the pack. If I'm not back in five minutes, panic, she suggested. He managed to smile. Glad you're back to normal. The makeup and the dress were a lot more intimidating than the dagger. Get going, Sparky, before I skewer you. Sparky? Even offended, Jason looked hot. It wasn't fair. Then, he made his way to the stairs and disappeared into the dark. Piper counted their breaths, trying to gauge how much time had passed. She lost track at 43. Then, something in the warehouse went BANG! The echo died. Piper's heart pounded, but she didn't call out. Her instincts told her it might not be a good idea. She stared at her splinted, splinted ankle. It's not like I can run. Then, she looked up at the monocle motor sign. A little voice in her head peered, pestered her, warning of danger. Something from Greek mythology. Her hand went to her backpack. She took out the ambrosia squares. Too much would burn her up. A little more could fix her ankle. Boom. The sound was closer this time. Directly below her. She dug out a whole square of ambrosia and stuffed it in her mouth. Her heart raced faster. Her skin felt feverish. Hesitantly, she flexed her ankle against a splint. 
No pain, no stiffness at all. She cut through the duct tape with her dagger and heard heavy steps on the stairs, like metal boots. Had it been five minutes? Longer? The steps didn't sound like Jason, but maybe he was carrying Leo. Finally, she couldn't stand it. Gripping her dagger, she called out, J Jason? Yeah, he said from the darkness, on my way up. Definitely Jason's voice. So why did all her instincts say run? With effort, she got to her feet. The steps came closer. It's okay, Jason. Voice. Jason's voice promised. At the top of the stairs, a face appeared out of the darkness. A hideous black grin. A smashed nose and a single bloodshot eye in the middle of the, his forehead. It's fine, the, Jason, the Cyclops said, in a perfect imitation of Jason's voice. You're just in time for dinner. Is that was the end of chapter 22. I hope you guys had a good time listening to me read this chapter. Uh, and we'll come back next week for more. Um, yeah. But with that, Isaac...